Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Um, how's everybody doing? Everybody ready for, the, for Christmas and everything? Um, I want to welcome you if you're visiting back, if you're here, one of our regulars. Um, obviously, we'd love to connect with you. There's a little connecting card in the seat back in front of you. Fill that out for us. Um, we have a lot of uh, info that goes out, so I encourage you to put your email on there. Um, just want to welcome you, welcome everybody online as well, and always say, if you're here, we would love to just journey in the faith with you. If you've got questions about the faith, about anything, uh, please just don't hang out or leave, or please um, come and press in. We'd love to walk with you and talk with you, uh, so just that invite is always there. Um, we have been in First John in this series, This Is Love. I think it's going to, I think we'll probably go through January with this. Um, and uh, we'll move to a new, uh, a new series. We've got a lot of stuff, a lot of updates coming out kind of in our end of the year email that will be going out to you. And if you're not getting those, make sure you get your email. Just put it on one of those connecting cards. You can drop it in one of the uh, little black boxes there in the back where we do our uh, worship through giving. And um, so pay attention for that coming. We'll have a lot of information about what's going on in life of the church, some exciting things. Um, and if you have any questions, as always, just, uh, just let us know. But we've been in 1 John, so if you have your Bible, I just encourage you to open up 1 John. We're going to be in chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 this morning. And we're going to look at this big issue. Obviously, this whole John is the, uh, the apostle of love, let's just say, right? He's the beloved disciple. He's the one who wrote more about love. Um, a lot of it is deep in this, um, this book, 1 John. And uh, we've, last week we looked at what it means to really love one another. We're, that's one of the great commands here as God's people, as we gather together, church should be an atmosphere where heaven and earth meet, right? Where we are a community that just doesn't come, listen, observe, and bolt out, live continually to live independent individual lives, but where we really learn to reach out and, and love each other. And this, then we move into chapter four and... And chapter 4 has these first six verses that talk about testing the spirits, uh, testing the word of God that is spoken prophetically to each other in the church and, and beyond. And we're going to get into that. It's kind of like, wait, why is, seems like an abrupt change. What does that have to do with loving one another? It has everything to do with loving one another. And when we get next week, we'll jump right back into some of the greatest verbiage we have on what love is all about. Um, but why does he stop and have these six verses here? Because we are commanded to love each other in spirit and in truth. And we are called to, as we're going to see, pursue the gift of prophecy, right? To speak, right? Not just encourage each other with that we should do normally, right? In truth, but also be able to uh, pray and bring God's word, his truth, right? Into each other's lives. And I'm going to talk, I might be foreign to some of you, that idea. We're going to look at the, what the scripture has to say on that. But why is that important? Why does John say, go to this whole section of testing the spirit to make sure that it's, it's right? Um, because here, here's the bottom line. Is this is one of the things that's caused more division in the church than anything else. This is how the spirit, and it says test the spirits. We'll talk about this in just a minute. There's multiple spirits. Each of us has a spirit. 
And uh, there's, not, there's evil spirits, there's false voices, and the problem in the church that John is writing to was that you had false prophets, false teachers, they would come in and they were controlling the people, and, they were, and what happened was people were giving things to one another that were false, and it was leading people astray to these false prophets. And uh, again, I'm not going to get too much into it, but today, more than ever before, we have false prophets, we have an internet that is busting loose with people who, quote, say they're speaking for God and for our nation and other things. And God, just a little side note, in the last couple of years has wiped out and brought a disciplining hand on many of those false voices. Um, it is up to, and I'm going to do the best we can to break this down, to look at why this is important, but also wisely, how do we love each other in spirit and in truth? Remember the Father in John 4, John talks and, and Jesus says is that the Father is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit, little less, our spirit in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and in truth. And it is critical that worship formulates how we truly are able to love one another. Um, so this is why this little section is here. And uh, that's what we're going to look at this morning, is this idea of loving one another and testing the spirits. Um, I, I can speak, I think, for myself and many in here that, you know, in the midst of fellowship, in the midst of Christian fellowship and, and, and church life, is that sometimes, I bet many of us give testimony of somebody that spoke a word over us or to us, and uh, it just didn't land well. Maybe it just wasn't accurate, right? Maybe it came with a false, maybe it, it, you know, for whatever the reason. And so two things we need to do here, what John's trying to do in these six verses is shore up how do we test it? To not chuck it away, but how do we test it and how do we encourage a healthy understanding? And also, one of my great prayers this, this morning is that the Spirit of God would move and bring some healing. Because on two fronts, one is many have gotten taken hold of by the internet prophet, by the false preacher or prophet or something, and has given them an unhealthy control right over their life, into their life. And what John is saying is, whoa, greater is he is in you, church, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead than the spirit of the world. And that for anybody to give you a word is powerful. We're going to talk, but we don't shut. That's powerful. We need to press in for that. But it must, God must confirm that with us. Just because somebody says something to you, a preacher, prophet, a person in the body, does not mean it's accurate or true until it's tested. Does that make sense? This is absolutely critically important. This has been misunderstood um, and, and what happens is in the church is many in different denominations have flung, whoa, this is dangerous stuff. We fling over her. We're not even going to talk about prophecy. We're not even going to deal with it, right, type of thing. Well, that's against God's clear command. We're going to see that. The other way over here is to let it go unbridled, untested, and let it move outside the local church. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it multiple times. Anybody who's on the internet out there publicly giving these big prophetic words go with great caution. All the spiritual gifts are first and foremost for the local body. Not to be out there, boom, to everybody else, getting attention, everything else. The spiritual gifts are to be used to help love each other. 
and to bring heaven and earth in here. This is where the accountability is. So when 1 Corinthians 14 says, let the prophet's word be tested, right, by others, right, be confirmed, is that it must land here. So if a word comes to us, we're not some foreign person that doesn't know us. Now there's a little place for that. We'll get into that. But it primarily is here. This is where it is, it is uh, tested. This is where there is accountability, right? This is where we know each other and we press in for each other on this. Now, you might say, well, how is that? That just seems confusing. But what we see in the scripture is the idea of prophecy is this idea that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit now brings alive your spirit, there's a big S. There's a little s. And because that spirit, as we're going to see, is the only place inside you that communes with God. It is what is to inform your thinking, your emotions, your will, what you do action-wise, right? Um, and and that, that spirit, right, is, is to come alive with the Holy Spirit and to love people, right, and each other in the body, we're to love them according to what God has for them. And so we are to dream, we are to thank God. And it says, not, we talked about last week, right? Not consider each other according to the flesh anymore. You're a spiritual being that lives for all eternity. The resurrection power of the Holy Spirit is inside you, has great things for you. That is how we're to pray and consider each other. And to pray, and this is what flows loving prophecy when we are, um, as we said, right, in this series, the challenge has been prepare ourselves as we come to church. Each of us should say, Lord, who can I love this morning? Show me someone to love and show me how to love them, right? And oftentimes, that's where we're asking, God, give us, let us be a mouthpiece. First Peter 4 says, if you are speaking, right, and you operate in speaking gifts, speak as the very words of God, right? So hence why it's so important to have a healthy accountability and testing on those words and how to receive those words, how to truly love each other. This is why John has this six verses right here. A little side note, um, just to kind of lay the groundwork for where we're going, is everybody knows First uh, Corinthians 13, right? The love chapter. You've heard it in probably a thousand weddings. The reality is that love chapter is right smack. The context of that love is in the midst of using spiritual gifts in the body, the local body. And that's why chapter 14 says, pursue love, love one another, but also earnestly go after the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, that you may with your words, anointed with the Holy Spirit, build each other up. And that's what Paul's whole point was, is to love one another. Our mentality needs to be to build each other up, all right? So now let me just say, some of you have maybe come from a tradition where maybe I just said a bunch of stuff you never even heard before. Again, what I say is, go take my word for it. Go test it with the word of God. And I think what you'll find from the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and just write it down. Deuteronomy 13, Deuteronomy 18, write down Jeremiah 23, is prophecy was the absolute, one of the most important things among God's people. And the beauty of the Joel 2 was this incredible prophecy that one day what God's desire was that everybody would speak the words, the blessings of God to others to build them up. Not just a few. That's why he says, especially all of you go after this. 
God wants to speak upbuilding words, loving words, right, through you, right, to everyone else. And this is exactly what happened at Acts chapter 2. At Pentecost, when the Spirit came to the fulfillment of Joel 2, which was now all your sons and daughters will prophesy. Now, how is it in our church tradition we just set aside simply because we operate in fear more than faith? We're unwilling to be honest with the Word of God, these verses especially, and do it well and test it well without right, chucking it out, right? And so this is what we're going to dive into. Father, we just thank you for your word. Um, Lord, um, I pray uh, Jeremiah 23 over this. You say that your word is a fire. You say it's a hammer that breaks up rock. Lord, I pray this morning that you'll come like a hammer. You will break up the hard ground. It could be false teaching that's held us captive to something. Lord, it could be, Lord, that some of us are in bondage to false prophesying, to some words that were spoken over us, Lord, and, or that were somehow connected unhealthily to, to certain uh, voices out there. Set us free, God. Greater is he who is in us. Lord, let that reality of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that comes and has fellowship with our spirit, come alive, Lord. And Lord, let us see that this, Lord, is one of the key ways that we commune with you and that we love each other, Lord. Teach us. Teach us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. Hang with me this morning. And again, let me just say, if I just went pew, way over your head, like, what is all that, right? Is, um, and if you're from any kind of higher church or something like that, that might be the first time you've ever heard anything about that. Again, what I ask you to do is go, go search the scriptures out right, for yourself and, and dive in and ask questions. Wrestle with this stuff, right? Let's, let's sit down at the table and, and look at it together, right? Um, we don't need opinions. You don't need my opinion. What we need is truth. We need to, right, hold to what the Word of God, right, says. And, uh, and again, I think, I shouldn't have to say it, but let me just say it. Know that the main accountability is the Word of God itself. This is spoken. This is God's Word. This is of preeminence. Nothing spoken, this is what we'll see. Part of the test is nothing can contradict what God has already spoken. But here's the deal. He's still speaking. Not in never contradicting to his word, but guess what? We all know he promises he wants to speak into the details of your life. He wants to encourage you. He wants to bring about calling in your life. I don't know anyone who has been called, who hasn't gone on to do something for the Lord, where there wasn't a time where somebody either confirmed that calling through a prophetic word, or, or God came and spoke into their life in a powerful way. It's life-changing. That's what God wants to do. We have to be open to that, right? Because in making decisions in my life, I should lean into God. Lord, confirm this. Lead me. Guide me. If we take the time to do that, right? Um, guess what? He speaks in many, many different ways. Through his word, obviously. But guess what? The, one of the primary ways that he shows his love for us is people's pressing in to hear the voice of God, to bring an upbuilding word for each other. In the body of Christ. That's how we speak the truth in love and build each other up in the family of God. All right, here we go. Chapter 3. So the end of chapter 3 sets the tone for what um, John is getting ready to teach us. 
Verse 24, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And this, and by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he's given us. So what where we've been is, John keeps repeating this idea, to abide in Christ means we obey his commandments. Or we can't love him if we don't follow him, if we don't obey him. Um, learn how to obey him. And that's part of discipleship. Just encourage you to step in um, on that. But he, he transitions now. He was talking about you know, uh, practicing righteousness in this chapter 3. Loving one another um, is a proof of, of that we're abiding with Jesus. You can't say we love God if we don't love one another in practical ways. But now he transitions and he says actually the ultimate way that we know that we're abiding in Jesus is by the presence of the Holy Spirit inside us. The presence of God himself. The life of God inside the soul of man. And, and when we put our faith in Jesus, that is his promise. He brings right, the Holy Spirit. And then we have to start learning how to be filled and walk in that, right? To understand who God is. And so that leads us into this discussion on the Spirit and how do we know the Spirit is residing here. How do we know that God is speaking truth to us? That it's the Spirit of God informing my spirit and my thinking and my emotions versus my own flesh or something else. And how do we test all this in the body of Christ so that love can reign and we can make sure, right, that God is speaking truthfully to us and through us, right? Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so what John is addressing is nothing new. So I could take you to all the passages I just mentioned in the Old Testament, take you to the New Testament, um, take you to today. There's false prophets. They work outside and they come also within the church. And there are those, right, who just are all caught up in for a thousand different wrong reasons, right, in this ministry. And, and, and John is saying, watch out, beware, test this. Test the spirits. Now, who, what are the spirits? This is really, really important to understand. Remember, each of us has a spirit. It's not our soul, it's our spirit. And it's the only thing that communes with God. And we were created, that is what Adam, when he, when he says, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all the way back to the garden, if you eat of this, you'll die. Well, he didn't physically die right away. Guess what? What died was his relationship with God. And this is what the New Testament says, we're lost. In other words, our spirit is lost inside us and we're captive to the world in a thousand voices, right? Because we're cut off from God's voice until we're saved. And when we're saved, the, the illuminating work of the spirit comes in and guess what? Awakens our spirit to be alive into eternal life with God again. And it is our spirit in fellowship, this is Romans 8, right? That confirms we're a child of God. And it is our spirit um, listening and fellowship with the Spirit of God that illuminates the Word of God that should inform my thinking and should renew my mind and should inform my feelings and should inform my will, in other words, my actions, how I live, my behavior. That's the soul and the heart, all of that stuff. 
Um, and I, I think so. these are some basic kind of principles of the spiritual dynamic. Many of us have gone in, uh, through the spiritual life and never understood all that. And so, as I've mentioned before, is what happens is that we think that we're, we, we read the word of God and we are thinking with our mind and doing certain things and feeling certain emotions, but that hasn't been informed by the Holy Spirit. That's just been informed by our flesh. Thinking what I want to think. And that's, folks, religion. That's going through the right motions and everything without knowing, right, that it's the Spirit of God who's informing me. This is why Paul over and over and over and over again said, be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Mortify, kill that flesh. Put on the newness, your new creation. Be reconciled to God. Listen, right? Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Live according to the Holy Spirit. It's God's voice, right, into our life. Now he says, do not believe all the, every spirit. is because there's a lot of spirits. Everybody has a spirit. And that spirit that is not informed by the Holy Spirit is formed by the flesh or by the world or by the enemy himself. And you, you just think about it. Every, every day you are hit with a thousand voices, right? And when we bring that into the church, into a faith environment, it is critical that we understand, am I listening to the voice of God? The Spirit of God? Am I listening to my own flesh? And every bit of bondage, folks, is is wrapped up in the fact that we have, right, somehow come into agreement with a lie or something, but we're letting our flesh, the world or the enemy, right, uh, or when I say the world, somebody else's voice speak untruth to us. And we're letting that inform our thinking, our behavior, our will, and our emotions. Deliverance, radical deliverance, right, that we see in the Bible that we should expect, right, is when we call upon the Holy Spirit to come and fill us and to crack those rocks of untruth. So that again, our spirit can hear the truth and start to inform my mind, my thinking, and my emotions are now, right, submitted to the Spirit of God and not something else, right? That's when uh, abundant life starts taking hold. We have the assurance, man, I'm walking with the Spirit. The Spirit is setting me free. Right? It's making the words of God come alive and empower me to obey them. I'm not just ah, wrestling through this. That's the flesh. That's the flesh. For it has every spirit to see whether it is from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now by this you know that the Spirit of God... Oh, by this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Um, In other words... John is dealing with these false voices. Um, This is back to, if you've ever heard or studied Gnosticism, it's a very popular um, spiritual uh, belief system that's heavy here in Aspen. Gnosticism, it just kind of takes a a view, you're in control of your body, basically, and your spirit, right? And um, that that, that everything of the spirit, basically... um, is, uh, is good. And the body, what you do is, it doesn't really matter too much. 
Um, uh, uh, there's many things that flow out of this, this idea that goes all the way back that even John was having to deal with. But the main one was the Gnostics believed, did not believe that Jesus came in the flesh. Did not believe he came in the flesh to sacrifice his life for the sins of the world. Is They denied who Jesus was at the very essence, right? And anything that does not see Jesus for who he is, what John is saying is that's the first test. If they're not upholding Jesus, then right away, right, it is a false spirit speaking, right? Now, that's some strong words. And so, again, I think what this word of God should do is break some rocks because the environment you live in here and the environment that is taking over the spiritual kind of understanding in the American culture is that there are plenty of wonderful things being spoken out there and that really wonderful spiritual truth can be spoken and but deny Jesus at the same time. This couldn't be any clearer. Those are false, evil spirits. If they do not uphold Jesus as the one and only Lord and Savior of the world, um, Christianity shares nothing with any other philosophy or religion when it comes to ultimate truth. It stands on Jesus and his testimony, right? And that, I think, even for believers in the church today, is we, and I think this is where maybe some rocks need to be broken, right, is, is that we try to play the game, the understanding that I, I can still be open to all these paths, pull a little from them, or, or kind of, you know, listen to them, or listen to those teachers and not be infected. John is saying, beware. Test those spirits. If they're not from Jesus, they're evil spirits of the world, and they will mess you up. They will mess your faith up, big time. They will mess your soul up, right, and your spirit. And so church, awaken, test this stuff. Don't mess around with this stuff. Verse four, little children, you are from God and over, overcome them, the them is all these voices. In other words, we should be encouraging each other here to, I want to listen, I want to hear the voice of God over every other voice. That should be my passion. Give me your voice. Give me your pure voice. I, I want to shed everything else, right? Well, the truth. You've overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. Be encouraged, church. If you know Jesus, you, you don't have to de- depend on, on it being controlled or overshadowed by anything. You have God within you and he desires to inform your spirit, your mind, your will, and bring his abundant, powerful life into your life. That is his desire for you. And this is what John is trying to encourage right, the body with. And that is ultimately the evidence that I'm abiding in Jesus. That I'm aware of his spirit alive inside me. Right? They're from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Who's the us? That's the apostolic tradition, the word of God, and the church, God's people, in unity around the word of God. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know that the spirit of truth, we know the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. The word of God. All right, that opened a bunch of stuff, doesn't it? Um, let me do this in our short period of time. And I think, let me encourage you to stay over for Alpha. Uh, even if you've missed all of it, is that it's just a wonderful, pre- we're talking about actually in Alpha um, today, the, uh, what the Holy Spirit does. 
Um, and I think we'll have some questions from this morning that bleed over. This could all blend together beautifully. Uh, get an empanada, get a coffee, and just hang out here for another hour till noon. We've got stuff for the kids downstairs, and we just have open discussion on this stuff because it's critical, critical stuff for us to understand. So here I've got three things to break this down for us, hopefully to um, make sense of this for us. First one is, are we embracing and testing prophecy? Um, we ought to do both. As I said before, our tendency is to run from this stuff, right? Because, oh, it can cause so much problem, but that would be in denial of what God commands us to do uh, and what he commands us to pursue. Um, but the other problem is if we go after it, we must test it and, and, and understand the, the proper way that that is done. Again, so we can truly love each other, so we can commune with God and know when we come to church, folks, again, this should be heaven and earth gathering, people of God in worship before God. He desires to be with us. He desires to speak to us, right? Um, yes, through his word. But there's a lot of other things every one of us needs to hear from God on, don't we? And it's one thing to read it intellectually in my mind, believe it, that's great, this is a starting point. It's a whole other thing to know that you've met with God. And that's what we're about here. He wants to meet with us. He wants to speak to you very personally and powerfully inside, through your spirit, through, by the Holy Spirit, to come to your mind and bring clarity to your thinking, to come to your soul, to come to your heart, to, right, to come to your emotions and have you feel the fruit of the Spirit not be bound up with your fleshly emotion. And then to give you the power to obey, to know what to do, right? to, to know what decisions to make, to give you great peace, to know that you're walking with God, you're under His favor, you're under His grace. And He wants to bless your life. He wants to lead your life. But he, allows, he, must, he must, before he can do that, have a surrender, right? Our flesh, surrender our will and mind and emotions to him so his spirit can come, right, and awaken us and lead us, right, and guide us. So there's two things we need to do here. We must embrace this ministry. Again, you may come from a tradition where this is not even talked about. You might have grown up thinking this doesn't exist anymore. Again, I challenge you to look at the word of God. And look how it is consistent through the Old Testament and the incredible prophecy. The very beginning of the church was founded upon God's people now. Not relying upon a few set-apart prophets in the Old Testament, but everyone who knows the name of Jesus. Is that God, that's his purpose. He doesn't want you out there dependent on a pastor or a spiritual leader. He wants intimate fellowship with you. There's not a barrier any longer. Jesus ripped that barrier to the holy of holies. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a pastor. You surely don't have to go through some prophet out there. Is You have access to God himself through the Holy Spirit. This is now the temple of God. And he wants to commune with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to inform every area of your life. The question is, are we going to right, lean in? And take hold of the gifts of the Spirit he's given us to adequately experience that in a more vibrant way. And at the same time, love each other towards right, those promises. Does that make sense? So, we need to embrace this, this idea. And back to, again, 1 Corinthians 14, right after the love chapter. That you've heard in weddings, this beautiful, some of the most beautiful, the most beautiful language about love in all of the world. Is he goes right in chapter 14. Pursue love, church. 
Love one another. Also, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Why? Why would he command the church to do that? And folks, we as a church, I say church being big C, we need to repent. We're disobeying clear commands of God of how church should operate. What he asks us to pursue. And why does he say that? So we can love each other. So he can be working among us in a powerful way, right? And then he says, especially, especially that you would prophesy. That's the word of God. And again, why is that? Because he commands us to love, if we're going to love each other fully, adequately, with spirit and truth, right, is that we need to come in union with God, his word, his truth, and be a conduit of that truth and love into each other's lives. That's how he brings his detailed message so often, right, into our lives, into the life of the church. Um, how many of you had had someone, matter of fact, right before this service, I had a brother come and prophesy over me. Gave me a word about leadership and, and kind of a convicting word I needed here. Right here, right? I just remembered five minutes ago. How many of you had someone speak a word over you that blessed your life? Okay, awesome. And folks, and you know, you, I, I, if we had time, it'd be great just to come up here and give testimony of, man, I, 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 that, that God, it showed me, God cares about me. He cares about the details of my life. That's how God moves. That's why it's a family of God. Churches be a family. We uphold each other according to God's purposes. And that's how that affirmation comes. Now there's danger in that, isn't there? There's great danger in that. The testing. Never do we see in the scriptures that ever say stop prophesying. Never do, is there anything ever where it says to pull back on that. Just the opposite. Even 1 Thessalonians right, 5 says it pretty clearly. It says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit, church. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Right? If I despise, if I pull back from that, I'm quenching the spirit of God. Not just in my life, but for God to be able to use me adequately and I'm quenching the spirit of God moving in the life of the church. And guess what? We're all guilty of that. We're all guilty of that in ways, different ways, right? <clears throat> so, this idea of testing, but it says, but test it. And this is why 1 Corinthians 14 again says in the church, right, no more than two or three, get up and give a word if, if and only if, you feel like that is an encouraging word for the whole body, right? And that typically is people who've operated in that gift for a while. Um, and then it says, let the others discern the accuracy of that word and how it landed. This is why anybody out there who's just kind of a rogue person on the internet or somebody who's given these vast, huge, you know, uh, words, if they're not accountable to a local church to test what they say, do not listen to them. Turn off. Turn off the stinking internet. Stop watching what's going on, who's out there. That is removed from you. Can God do something through that every now and then? Sure. But it's more dangerous than productive because the context of all this is right here, the accountability and loving one another in the local 
right level and not exalting someone because of their right their gift in a, a wild um, way that so often goes bad right um, now I think I could probably say <laughs> we could probably raise our hands that we've also had people say stuff over us um, that didn't come true or was hurtful or didn't land well whatever it may be right and um, what do we do with all that how do we test this stuff right um and so he goes through all of this. And so let me just give some just practical things. Is most prophecies, just like what happened to me here before. The brother came up, put his hand on my shoulder. Listen, man, I, I just felt like the Lord has this for you and just gave me a quick boom. Man, rest on that. Take that to the Lord. See, I need to say a couple things. Number one, he said, I think this is what the Lord had for me, right? If anybody says to you, thus saith the Lord, if anybody says to you, God told me, is immediate flag should go up, okay? That is an Old Testament context, okay? I'm not saying that we couldn't. The only thing I can say absolutely before I tell you, thus saith the Lord is what I just said here. When I read the word of God, I can say and always do, that's the word of God. That's thus saith the Lord. But if I get something for you personally, is I better come with humility and say, hey, uh, brother, sister, I, I, man, I was just praying for you and I, I, I think this, the Lord has this for you. Do, you. do you see how that lands? And, and my thing should be, hey, pray about that. Test that. Let God confirm that word in your life. We should never, folks, just please listen carefully to me. We should never step out and operate on something that we, uh, that somebody else has told us, a prophetic word, unless it's confirmed, tested, and I myself, the Holy Spirit confirms to me, yes, that's of the Lord. Does that make sense? And folks, we get into big, I mean, the trauma of people just needing to go somewhere and get a word and hear from the Lord and stepping out on something, right, uh, in their life without it being confirmed is gravely dangerous. And then it puts that person, folks, into, and we have many um, today out there that sadly are, that what they do, they've given themselves, right, to the control. They've given themselves, right, another person's control in their life over their spirit rather than the Holy Spirit. And that has to be broken off. And so we need to come with that humility, right, when we share something, and then let it test. Man, go test that. See what the Lord, if he confirms that in your life, right? And before you go take action on that, boy, make sure, right, it's tested. And so, folks, if somebody here at the end, is why we always hold this up, if somebody gets up here and, and gives a word, we encourage it, right? And there's been some just beautiful things. If you have a word for the whole body, right? Then we, elders, leaders, and, and other folks who operate in that gifting, test it. And as you know, if you've been here, we've had to kind of correct some things. We have to kind of step up and lovingly, graciously test it and, and make sure that it doesn't contradict ever God's word or that, um, you know, uh, some other things might have to be dealt with. That's a healthy, and this is what, exactly what John is talking about. That's how we love each other. Because for you to be here, to operate in that, to have that gifting going on, you have to trust the environment, leadership, the culture of this church to know that it's going to be shepherded well. Does that make sense? That it's safe. And that there isn't going to be this control, or there's not going to be some people who just get up and, you know, um, 
uh, you know, try to exalt themselves or with a wrong motive. We, we have to deal with those things, right? So we need to embrace it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a command of God. It def- should define what church... It, I mean, the whole for, chapter 14, 1 Corinthians is the most extensive detail of what should happen when God's people gather together. It's prominent there. And it was in the Old Testament. It was in the early church. It should be today. But it's got to be tested. It's got to be done with love and tested, right, for one another. Make sense? I'm not, a lot more... Obviously, I'm just kind of scratching the surface on this stuff. I'll hopefully give you some practical handles on this thing. But I just want to say over and over again, please, watch out if anybody ever says, God told me. Because think about it. If I'm talking to you, and I say to you, and we're in a conversation, I tell you, you know, God told me this, so I'm going to go do it. Conversation's over, isn't it? There is no testing. I just put myself into the place of the unquestionable prophet. And folks, anybody who does that, if I do it for my life or somebody else, I've put myself into an extremely dangerous position. I've made myself vulnerable to the spiritual realm and to things that we don't want exposure to, right? Humility always, right? Unless I'm reading the Word of God itself, right? Um, On that. So just humility in that, right? Love in that. Brother, sister, I got this. I've been praying for you. This is the whole point of prophecy is, is in most of it, folks, it should be one-on-one. And, f- and parents, profound over our children. We should be praying, dreaming for our children. God, pour out these things for us. And it could be uh, prophesying a, a specific passage, right? I mean, in my Bible, I hope that you have your kids written next to certain verses. I am claiming this for you, child. That you're going to walk in this thing. Child, I see this over your life, right? You know what that does to somebody? Well, especially your child, but anybody just, whew. We need that kind of encouragement, right? God loves us. He's got great things for us. So, next, I want last two real quick here. Do we know how to discern the Spirit's voice in our life? And I already kind of dealt with that. Folks, such a big, this is what needs to be fleshed out in discipleship. We have to walk with a small group of people, and if nobody's taught you the dynamics of hearing the Spirit of God, I plead with you, come, walk with us. You know, um, let's, let's uh, get into discipleship. Let's wrestle with how do we do this? And again, as I said before, it's awakening the Spirit of God to listen, or awakening our spirit to listen to the Holy Spirit, right, to lead us, right, in in our life, uh, that we know we're hearing the voice of God and that we're not hearing our own flesh. And that is a massive question. How do you know it's God versus your own desire, your flesh? How do you know? Have you worked through that? Do you have people, right, who are praying? And again, it needs to be tested. But we should walk with him and not fear, but in this great ongoing child relationship with our Father who loves us and our ears are in tune. This is why Jesus said, well, my sheep, hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Those who truly know Jesus know his voice. Oh, the intimate language of the shepherd, right? To learn to listen to the voice of God. And uh, the last one, and this is really critical, folks. Are we relying on one another in our church to discern what we are hearing? 
This is what the testing, this is where the accountability, this is where it, it all comes. Never, ever step out on something big unless you have brought others in your church, in your circle to pray, to get affirmation, confirmation from the word of God. Doesn't have, we don't have to do that for every decision, but for sure, right? Big decisions in our life. Let God confirm it. Let God confirm it and let others speak in, right, truth into your life. But if I ever get into the position where, no, God told me. This is what I'm, he told me. And if I never let others speak and wrestle with it and come in community, I put myself in a very dangerous position, right? And so this is part of, this is what nurtures love. Is that, uh, uh, and this is what fleshes out my fleshly feelings, in a situation, right, that can over quickly so overshadow the word of God. Right, the question is, have I submitted my feelings on this issue? Whatever the issue is, right, if my feelings got radically engaged in this thing, have I listened to the voice of God and been informed by him, right, before I approach something, right? Um, This is walking with God. And this is how love comes alive. Speaking the truth in love to one another, pushing one another on for all that God has for each other. Considering others more of interest than your own interests, right? All of what God calls us how to love one another, to look at each other, brothers and sisters, we're going to live in eternity together when you start being the family of God now. And so let's take God, I want to hear from God for you. And this is what should happen, right? This is 1 Corinthians, this is Paul's main thing and in that whole section was, come on, build each other up. Love each other in the Lord. Hear from the Lord and bring that right to each other. So, that's it. Let's do it. So, Father, um, thank you for your word, your truth, Lord. Uh, Father, let us be a church, Lord, that does both of those well. We embrace, we don't quench, we embrace the gifts you've given us, we pursue them. Lord, we, we, we want to hear from you. We want to see people come alive. We want your voice to be shouted out here louder than any other voice. We want to uphold your word, God, nothing ever to overshadow it. And Lord, we want to love each other well. We want to build each other up. And uh, Lord, I just pray, perhaps this morning, Holy Spirit, you want to move and set some people free. Set them free from fear of dealing with this stuff. And also to set them free, Lord, from having bondage to false voices. Set them free from trauma, from from wrong voices that were not tested. And restore them back. Lord, to feel safe, to feel at peace. Lord, they can rest that they're hearing from you and they have people to love them that direction, God. Yeah, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.